Welcome to Know Your Risk and Insurance Coverage with Risk ProNet, where we will discuss all things insurance for you and your company. Risk ProNet is a network of independent agencies who offer specialized insurance across business sectors. Regardless of where you are in your insurance journey, we want to invite you to join us to think about insurance differently. Know your risk and insurance coverage with Risk ProNet provides answers to all your insurance questions. Well, welcome everyone. This is Chip Aaron Child with Know Your Risk and Insurance with Risk ProNet. Today we're speaking with Ted Hayes from member agency M3 located in Wisconsin and doing business throughout the Midwest. And Ted is a loss control specialist with over 20 years experience in the field, and he actually specializes in active shooter trainings. And he's worked extensively with both public and private schools, all types of industry. We know this is a sensitive topic right now with what happened in Uvalde and just the continuing shootings that are occurring, it seems almost uh, so frequently in our in our country right now. And so we were talking a little bit before the podcast even started, and you lose track, and the names of so many have happened. So, Ted, welcome to the program today. It's so nice to have you here and have a chance to visit with you. How are you? Good. Thank you very much for having me. Well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing some of your ideas and providing some information that people can use to, I don't know if it's start changing your thinking about this situation, but how you can prepare yourself to manage this risk, both uh, corporately as a business and also as an individual when you're out and about on the town. So... Let's just jump right into it. Where do you get started when you talk about training or doing an assessment for somebody? If, if someone comes to you and says, I'm worried about my active shooter risk, what's your response? Right. I'll, I'll often tell people, I talk about the spectrum of a shooting, that whether a shooting at an organization lasts two minutes, four minutes, or 12 minutes, you have about three seconds to make the right decision to save your own life. And that starts with creating what I call mental action scripts, that you always have a plan thought out, not something you have to write down, but just thought out that if from where I'm standing, if something bad happens, where am I going to go to lock down? If I can't do that, where am I going to go to evacuate? You always want to know uh, at least two exits out of anywhere. Uh, you're located within a building. You want to look around the room and say, how do I lock that door? What objects do I have to barricade that door? And if I got to run within the building, do I know where I'm going? You got yeah. to make make the right decisions. Okay, that's a big laundry list you just listed there. Of uh, You had a term for it, a uh, mental action script. Right. How do you get people to change, to put that to the forefront of their mind, right? As, as human beings and interacting and living in the United States for years, you never had to consider any of those things. When we went to dinner, we went to work, we went to the movies, you got to go, just go to enjoy yourself there, right? So now, and with the chance of something happening, relatively speaking, so small, I don't know that people stay vigilant enough. So what do you do to try and change mindset around that? Is there a specific thing you do in your trainings? Well, people just understand that trainings are, or, uh, I'm sorry, active shooter situations are happening with a greater frequency. And it doesn't have to be a shooting situation. It could just be some violent incident, whether it's a fire, whether there's, you know, a couple of individuals who are going to fight in the movie theater. You don't want to be around. I have three daughters and they learned very early. They're all grown up now, but they learned very early. 
that when we went to a restaurant, dad sat in a spot where he could watch the front door and always knew how to get out of that <laughs> facility from another exit. And I would question my daughters wherever they were. I'd say, what's your action script? And they would say, I'm going out that door and I'm going to run into the woods or I'm going out that door and I'm going to hide behind that tree that quick. That's all I want to know. What's your plan of where you are if something happens? You can't be developing the plan uh, when the incident's occurring. You have to be ready to act, not react to the situation. So that sounds like a pretty good hack, so to speak, meaning if you're at a public spot with somebody else, that's a good conversation starter maybe to get people, give them a tool to be able to do this. Right. Uh, mental action script. I mean, that's a great, you're a pretty good dad then. It sounds like you're a pretty good dad. Yeah. It reminds me of that program Psych. I don't know if you ever saw that program where he'd his, always see if his kid could be observant or not, but uh, that's probably clever. I bet you guys have some good family laughs over that. We do. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. So, you know, when this, when this became active for all of us, right, and it wasn't you know, you try to go back all the way to when these active shootings starting and the tragedies at the schools. For me, in an insurance industry, it wasn't until the San Bernardino event happened that it started to really come on everybody's radar screen. And, and then you always would see a little ebb and flow with these where an event would happen, clients would re reach out like, oh, we need to do something about this. And then there'd be a delay before something happened again. And it, it, you might fall back off off of it. And there was a big push towards doing security assessments. But what's your approach now? Is it only security assessments that a business needs to do? Or where does a security assessment play into this active shooting risk management today? Security assessments are, are important, but I don't put all my eggs in that basket and say, you know, if you have a secure facility, uh, you're going to be immune from uh, an attack or an active shooter situation. Not the case at all. Um, if a shooter wants to get into a school or a private business, they'll be able to get in one way or the other. So, yes, they're important. I really focus on maintaining secure doors, your exterior doors and your interior doors. But I want to really focus on employee training that they know exactly what to do in their environment. I have a training partner. We do active shooter training together all over the country. And we very much focus on three things that an active shooter uh, seeks, number one, easy targets of opportunity. So they most often have a victim or victims in mind, whether it's a fellow employee, maybe someone of authority in the company, and oftentimes their target isn't there. And they don't say to themselves, I'll come back tomorrow. No, they're committed to this in a bad way, and they attack very innocent people, easy targets. Secondly, they want little, little or no barricades or restrictions that is going to limit their movements. So they don't want to go through locked doors, even closed doors. You know, you could have hollow core doors in your company, doors with glass in them. Still lock those doors because shooters tend to not take the time to uh, manipulate and work a door to get through that door. And lastly, they want little or no supervision or confrontation because they know it's going to uh, end their uh, attack in very short order. Law enforcement's going to be called. So I often stress one of the most important things you can do is make sure you have a good mass notification system that not only notifies the good people in your company, but also notifies the shooter. You want to just come out and say, shooter in the building. We want, want them to know that we're on to you, law enforcement's going to be responding, and push that person to get out of the building. 
Okay, disruptor disruptor plan. How often do you recommend that uh, clients engage in this type of training? If and, and does it vary by what they're doing, like versus a school where you're always in the same spot or a manufacturing site? What what's your recommendation for frequency on active shooter awareness training? I always say the homework never stops. So yeah. I'll train a school, I'll train a manufacturing company. And I do active shooter training for their employees. And I want them to focus on uh, site-specific, room-specific uh, security controls. What's my mental action script? How do I lock down that door? How do I break my window if I can escape? What weapons do I have in the room if I have to fight? Uh, those types of things. And so I do the training. I, I indicate that to the employees, uh, all the the security concerns relevant to that room or area, but I tell my supervisors or the teachers and principals, your homework becomes uh, two weeks from now, walk up to that employee and say, what's your action script right now in this room? And then they may say, well, this isn't my classroom or I'm in the cafeteria, I'm not in my office. Correct. When a shooting occurs, there's gonna be a lot of employees not in their normal work areas. So you have to be know how to react in those areas to grab that room security control handout and make sure you can uh, kick in your action script and, and do the right thing. Yeah. You know, I also think an important thing, anytime there's an emergency or a unforeseen situation develops, everyone responds differently, right? And the person who ends up maybe being the leader of the group may be someone no one expected to be that way. And and you can't tell who that person is going to be until the event happens. I'm always, I find that utterly amazing how some people just, whether it's inherent, they just step up and they take charge and the person who is in charge doesn't know what to do is paralyzed. And do you do anything to address the fact that it could be, you, you don't, there's, I think the hierarchy kind of goes out the window when there's an emergency. And, and do you think that's true as well? Correct. And what I teach is it's okay to be an individual in a crisis situation. So often we may perceive, I think I heard gunshots and we look up to the speaker and say, well, I'm waiting for the company to make an announcement that there's a shooter in the building. Don't do that. If you perceive a threat, if you perceive a sound to be gunshots, Kick in your own controls, your own action script, and act. I always say in my presentations that if I heard bang, 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 and I go running out of the room screaming like a five-year-old child, and someone comes and grabs me and says, Ted, that was just a backfire on a car, and everybody's laughing at me, I'm okay with that because yeah. I did the right thing. I moved. I did something. Yeah, that's good advice, right? That's good advice. I think uh, that's something for everyone to be aware of. I, I have a relative of mine who was a prison guard for years and one Christmas he says hey so what do you guys do when their shots when their shots are fired as if it happens all the time for us and he goes you duck and we're like I have no idea that I even re would recognize that sound and I think that's true also and especially in areas where um, it might be different in rural parts of the country children or people grew up around guns or their guns being shot but I don't think in our urban areas as much uh, people are as aware of gunfire and what those sounds may be what we tend to do when there is actual gunfire in a building, we tend to process it and say, that's not gunfire. I think it's firecrackers. Right. And so what I teach is if you hear what you perceive to be firecrackers, it's always treated as gunshots. What okay. we also tend to do if we hear that pop, 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 we walk to the situation because our eyes have to confirm that was really somebody 
shooting a gun. I don't want you to do that. I want you to hear that quote fireworks and I want you to kick in your action script and be going the other way immediately. Yeah, those are good points. It's funny how the brain works, right? We walk towards fire, right? That uh, the curiosity kills the cat. Correct. Yeah. Are there uh, other uh, industries or more people asking for this training right now? Are you, are you doing anything in it from an outreach standpoint there at M3 to help people? I, the, I mean, I know a lot is mental health awareness and, and, and there's so many issues that get opened up when we talk about these situations happening. So what are you seeing with your clients right now or the demand for trainings? Yeah, I do a lot of schools. I head up our school program here at M3, but I do a lot of manufacturing environments. Um, they can be very difficult uh, because, you know, there's probably a lot of noise out on, on the manufacturing floor. And so it's often difficult to hear announcements. So um, that's a little bit different than working with a school. I do a lot of hospitals, uh, senior living uh, environments. And lately I've been doing uh, construction companies and developed active shooter programs for construction employees. They may be outside on a job site or they may be in a manufacturing environment. It's not their normal environment. And it's important that they understand what the alarm system or notification system is in that building. And they know how to develop action scripts on where to lock down and where to evacuate. I've also been doing a lot of active shooter training for school buses, public transportation buses, uh, delivery type companies that have employees out on the road so they don't get uh, carjacked. Secondly, maybe they stop and make deliveries to a facility. Well, they go into a facility, they need to know their environment because you know the small chance something happens in a few minutes they're in that building, uh, they have to know exactly what to do in a crisis. Yeah, boy, it, it, when you start to think about it, because there's, you have, they're so random and you have no idea, you really have to be on your guard all the time. And that's a hard thing as human beings to do, right? We have habits and we fall into routines and we don't think about it. How do you identify maybe not employees or maybe it's spouses? I know the few where I've had issues have been relatives of, of a worker, right? A disgruntled boyfriend, for example, or somebody else who they're worried about coming on site and how they then lock the facility and stuff. And there's, you know, how do you report that or how do you make people aware of that? Do you address that at all? It's And that's kind of a touchy subject, right? Because we don't want to uh, not necessarily rat somebody out, but unless the behavior is so egregious that it really red flags somebody, we don't encourage reporting if you're having relationship problems or anything? Right. One of my most popular programs that uh, my training partner I developed a year ago is uh, security concerns when terminating a potentially violent employee. Okay. And what I always say is if, if uh, you question a current employee or maybe employee that just was terminated, uh, question that, is this the type of person who's going to come back and engage in an act of violence? One of the first things you do is get on so their social media pages, their Facebook, whatever, Instagram. That can tell you a lot. They often post a lot of things. You ask around, what have you heard? You know, who are their friends when they worked here? Have they heard from this individual? Uh, you try to gather as much information on this, this individual as you can and, and, uh, you know, getting into if you terminate somebody and scared they're coming back, there's some very specific controls you want to have in place that they're not allowed back on property. If they do show up, the first thing you do is call law enforcement. You don't go out and confront them. You monitor their behavior. 
by the friends they do have, maybe uh, fellow employees, and say, "Hey, how how are they doing?" Okay, uh, I think we can nip that nip a lot of that in the bud. That's a good point, and that's something I don't think a lot of people take the time or you think about that, right? Unless it's, they have some really strange behavior. Also, on that same note, you mentioned law enforcement, right? And law enforcement right now, like anything else, is stretched. You know, they're having the same hiring problems, all businesses right now in this day and age. And so should you engage, if you're a business, your local law enforcement at your facility? Does Is it worthwhile to have them come out and participate in any type of active shooter training or help take a look at your assessment plan and provide any feedback? And do they offer such services? I'm not, I'm not so sure. You know, I think it probably varies per police department depending on their manpower, how many officers they have available. But I was with a school district uh, earlier today that uh, they're taking their officers through all the schools, so they're very familiar with the layout of the schools. One thing we forget to do, whether it's a manufacturing environment, a school, or any type of business, make sure the top administrators of your company provide their cell phone numbers to law enforcement. So if something does go down, law enforcement knows who to contact at that facility. It's not a bad idea to offer up your facility to law enforcement and say, you're going to do an active shooter drill. Why don't you come do it at our facility so you can better learn the layout? On the other hand, what I, what I often think when I work with schools and manufacturing environments, they don't recognize the, the seriousness of law enforcement's response in an active shooter situation. I stun people when I say in my training that when law enforcement comes into your building for an active shooter, they are there to kill somebody. They're not there to talk somebody down and please drop the weapon. They are in kill mode. They're, they're, they're protecting their own life, but they're trying to protect everybody else's life as well. And oftentimes, uh, whether it's employees or, or uh, school teachers, they get in the way of that. And they're not good at strictly following law enforcement commands, uh, getting out of their way, letting them do their job. It's, uh, I tell companies too, you know, you got a cafeteria, invite the police in once a week, give them free, free lunch. What does that cost you? Five bucks? Yeah. Give them free lunch. And it just shows a law enforcement presence within your facility. Oh, that's good advice as well. Yeah, and I think um, it's sensitive right now. I think most, you know, you hear about them in the newspaper, you read about them, we see some news clips on TV, but they don't happen typically where we're at. And so you're, you're still desensitized. And our only reference really is what we see in the movies. And so we've got this distorted view, I sometimes think, about what really happens um, when things like this go sideways and unless you're there to live it, you just really can't, you can't really experience it or, or obviously experience, but talk about it. The couple of myths, I, the myths I always deal with, I don't know if it's a myth, but you know, you always hear somebody say, Oh, I got a gun out in the car or I got concealed carry. If there's ever a, a shooter in the building, I'll take them down. And my answer always is no, you won't. You tend to run just like everybody else. I've read a number of statistics that when there's an active shooter in a facility, if law enforcement is shooting at the bad person, they strike their target less than 20% of the time. Someone who has a weapon and, a, and goes after a shooter, a, a citizen, they strike the target less than 10% of the time. So that's what I tell when I hear schools call me and say, should we be arming our teachers? I tell them, are you crazy? 
That's the last thing you want. Yeah. What do you, what, what, as a strategy, and I don't want to get too, people have strong views about guns and I'm not, you know, not I'm not getting into that. I know, but, uh, what do you think is a strategy, right? We're seeing now for the first time, one of the states, North Carolina, South Carolina, say, let's arm our teachers. We've heard after 9-11, let's arm the pilots. I've always thought there's enough citizens had guns on them in Los Angeles. That's why no one hijacks a bus down there. So yeah. um, do you think that as an effective strategy or is that just too, that's a complicated thing. It sounds simple, but it's complicated. So you have any thoughts on that? It's a pipe dream to think a normal citizen is going to take on a, a shooter and take out just the shooter and nobody else. Mm-hmm. There, there's too many pitfalls to that. I'd much rather you get very good at implementing your immediate mental action script that you fill out my room security control document and know exactly what to do to get yourself and others safe around you. So always remember the goal of a lockdown is to isolate the intruder so law enforcement can come in and neutralize that intruder. The goal of a lockdown is not to get everybody safe. You're not going to get everybody in a safe area. So I'd much rather you focus on good lockdown, good evacuation, so you can clear the path so when law enforcement comes in, they can neutralize the situation. Okay, that's good to hear. Good to hear. Yeah, it's just, it's an interesting idea, uh, what's going around, but I think the frequency of these that are everyone's questioning it, right? What do we do now? I mean, I, and I don't think there's probably any topic that isn't off the table right now as some solutions right. or something to do. Well, if, if, if you do one of these trainings, how long does one take? Is it an all day event when you do a training? Is it a couple hours? And what's this, what does it look like to go through a training with M3 and Ted? Well, it, it varies. Um, the tra- most common training I do lasts about an hour and 15 minutes where I talk a little bit on the causes of, uh, of violence and, and active shooter scenarios in the country today. But then I get into the behavioral physical characteristics of an armed intruder, an active shooter. I talk about uh, developing a mental action script, uh, filling out and completing the room security control documents so you can keep that on hand in every area of your company. I talk about the ABCs of weapon control. Uh, what I mean by that is I'm not one who teaches, and you've heard this sometime earlier, uh, bad person comes in the door, everybody throws something at them. And I thought, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I, I could give 30 people baseballs, but I get a real gun. You throw your baseballs, you're going to hurt me, but I'm going to shoot some of you. So what I teach is the ABC's weapon control, where A is avoid the weapon, B is blanket the weapon, cover that weapon with your body, and C is control it uh, to minimize who can get injured by that weapon. Uh, I help you identify the fatal funnel in your room or area. The fatal funnel is that imaginary kill zone that if a shooter shot through a door, whether opened or closed, they may stop somebody. Uh, so th- those are the types of things I focus on. I, I, I do about, oh, you know, 40 minutes of classroom, but the rest of it, we're in the hallways, we're in your rooms, and I'm showing them what objects you'll use to barricade the door, what order you're going to use the barricaded objects. Uh, where's your fatal funnel? How do you break your window or how do you open your window? How do you run? There's an art to running from a shooter. You just don't run straight away. That's an easy shot. You always try to run at a right angle or a left angle, I guess, uh, to a bad person. So we, we go through all those scenarios. So it's more hands-on 
than it just is sit down in classroom and listen to me speak. Well, that's we know that's the most effective type of training, right? When people are up and around and moving and engaged. And just by, go, again, hearing that list of things you cover right there, it just makes you realize how important this training is and, and how you really need to be thinking about it on a pretty frequent basis as opposed to checking the box once a year that we did something like this. And, and unfortunately, that's the world we're living in right now. You need to be committed to being prepared to do that. I know just from this conversation alone, I will take the mental actions, action scripts and I'm going to start using that with my wife and kids and people who are out to dinner and things along those nature just to generate that habit of trying to start to do that. So that's just... You know, I don't know if this is a place, but one thing I want to throw in, if uh, your listeners are on LinkedIn, uh, search me out on LinkedIn. I'm not selling anything. Everything I speak about and I all the articles I write, I publish for free. I post them on LinkedIn. Uh, people can just go out there and grab it. So my mental action scripts, my room security controls, it's all out there. So That's just awesome. click on LinkedIn and use that information. Yeah, we're, we'll put we'll put Ted's information, everyone, in the in the show notes. So we'll have his LinkedIn contact there for you. Ted, is uh, anything else you'd like to mention about Active Shooter that you'd like to let people know about in terms of preparing themselves that you haven't talked about already? I, it's been fascinating to hear some you know, direct things people can be doing right now after listening to us to, to improve their operation. Yeah, you know, and maybe I'll finish with this. The, the big three things I focus on is one, that you have an immediate mass notification system. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars. There's all sorts of phone and, and computer apps out there, and everybody's got the, the latest and greatest product. Um, I, I know most of them out there. They all have good aspects, and some have bad aspects. But have a mass notification system, whether it's bullhorns or an alarm system or overhead PA system. Again, you want to get people moving immediately if there's a crisis. Secondly, lock your doors. That's your external doors into the building, and that's your interior doors. Um, it's sad to say, but I, I do so many security assessments at schools. Uh, they brag about how great their secure door security program is. And without a doubt, I'll be able to walk around a school and get in a side door somewhere, and I'll say, this door is open. And they tell me, well, we leave that open from 10 to 10.30 for the delivery guy. Right. And I, said, I tell them, I said, you realize shooters take the path of least resistance. The Uvalde shooter did not walk through the front door. They're going to find that open door. So you got to lock your doors. When possible, lock your internal doors. Shooters don't like to go through locked doors. And lastly, as, as I've mentioned a couple times, develop those room specific security controls for your lockdown, your evacuate and run, hide, fight pr procedures. Uh, you know, I've got the information I always share with anybody and I'm always open to taking a phone call and just walking you through those protocols. And the, I know I'm doing something right because I get calls, uh, not ca calls and emails that people say, hey, I was in a shopping mall and there was gunshots at the other end and I did what you taught or yeah. I had my action script and, and it works. So uh, that, that's what keeps me going because I know I'm focused on the right areas. Well, that's great. And that's, um, I think what you just said, right? You, that's the satisfaction you get. Also, it highlights the type of people that M3 
in the services you guys are providing, right, and trying to make your communities better. And I think that's something all Risk Pro Net members try to do. And I, it's part of the value of being a part of Risk Pro Net, meaning if you have a question about this, someone can reach out to you and get some answers and help their clients out no matter what part of the United States that they're in. Yeah, not, you know, you had met, asked before, what do we cover in their training? My training partner is a fellow named Mike Bolander. He has a company called Peaceful Warrior Training. He's an Oak Creek, Wisconsin police officer who was very involved with the Sikh Indian temple shooting, which uh, I believe it was seven or eight individuals were killed. Happened 10 years ago last week. And from that, uh, Mike really got involved in active shooter. Him and I teamed up about seven years ago. Besides doing the same type of training I do, we share training. Mike does, uh, it's called First Care, and he teaches how to respond to injuries caused by an active shooter, an an armed assailant, you know, treating uh, very bad injury wounds. That's the part we often forget. You know, we may have have wounded individuals in our building, and law enforcement is in the other end of the building. Do we know how to treat those individuals? Don't forget that as well. I think that's a great point. You know, we don't, most businesses don't even concern themselves with that, right? We don't expect to have trauma in the workplace that would require you to take immediate action. And so uh, that's traumatic as well. So, well, Ted, it's been a pleasure to learn a little bit more and to hear your ideas. We'll summarize it in the show notes. We'll get your LinkedIn in there. We'll also get a link for, it's Mike, right? For the his Peaceful Warrior training as yep. well. Okay. We'll take care of that. And boy, if people, I encourage you, if you have a question, look up Ted on this active shooter. It's something that's not going away. Unfortunately, it's something that seems like it's more and more prevalent. And it's it's really incumbent upon each of us as individuals first to how do we protect ourselves and protect our neighbors everywhere we go and start thinking about it. I really like that mental action script as a way to build a habit about when we're moving around. It's a sad state that we have to do it, but... I think it probably will save your life someday. Yes, it will. Okay. Well, Ted, thank you very much for being with us today on Know Your Insurance with Risk Pronet. It's been really nice talking to you. We might have you back again for something else. Very good. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Know Your Risk and Insurance Coverage with Risk Pronet. For more information about Risk Pronet, please visit our website. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter for insurance insights. From everyone at Risk Pro Net, we want to say thank you for tuning in and see you next time.